0: Welcome to the Your K-12 Fundraising Coach Podcast, your weekly mini-masterclass designed to give you the tools to crush your fundraising goals with less stress. I'm your host, Kim Jennings, a veteran, faith-based school, frontline fundraiser, and certified fundraising executive, a consultant, trainer, coach, and passionate ally for leaders and future leaders serving in Christian schools across the U.S. After nearly two decades in the industry. I'm here to bring you insightful conversations with great leaders and to share with you what I've learned and continue to learn from my failures and successes. If you're a Christian school leader looking for tested strategies to banish the tyranny of the urgent and to raise more money within a stronger, thriving team and grow your school's culture of generosity, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Your K-12 Fundraising Coach Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome back to your K 12 Fundraising Coach podcast. Welcome back to me too. I am so excited to be here. It's been a really long time since I've got to to sit down here with you and been on a couple months hiatus following the death of my mom a couple months ago. Been crazy family life and crazy work life. I've been really blessed to have a full client load right now and working with schools everywhere. And so it's been an incredibly busy and really um, blessed time to be with family and um, and clients. So I'm really happy to be here with you. This is a passion of mine to be able to you know I feel like I'm sitting down with you and hopefully being a help to you. That's really what I'm hoping to do is to share with you and what I'm seeing and and what I've learned. And um, the mistakes that I've made, and and what I'm seeing out there in the schools, and what's working. So that's my goal, and so I hope it's being helpful. I'm also trying something new. As you can see, I'm I'm on video now, and I'm I'm going to be putting this uh, podcast on YouTube in addition to sending it out through uh, Podbean and Apple and all of the other places where you get your podcast. So this is an all new experience for me. And here we go. So this uh, episode here is the first one of a four-part series on how to create a culture of generosity, how to grow a culture of generosity in your school. So there's four steps. I've been working with schools now for a long time, um, either serving in them or working with them now for about 18 years. And so the things that I've seen in common with so many schools and what I experienced, I really am trying to take those things and um, and make them usable in in ways for you guys to be able to grab a hold of them and take action. Um, What I wanted to talk about today is the first of four steps that I have discerned are the steps to helping to nurture and create a culture of generosity. Because if we are not intentional about doing something, if we're not actually spending time to build it into our systems, then something won't happen. As we all know, you know, how many of us have the best of intentions to like go exercise or eat healthy or do whatever, but if we don't food prep on Sundays, you know that whatever for lunch looks really great on Tuesday because we don't want to cut the vegetables at that point. So let's prep ahead, right? So what are the ways that we can build a culture of generosity in our schools? Before we go into that, I just wanted to ask why is a culture of generosity important like what's the point of it if we're just raising money from people and, and we're making goal then why does it really matter if we have a culture of generosity and what i really strongly believe is that if we don't normalize the talking about generosity talking about money and the purpose of the existence Of fundraising in our schools, if we don't normalize that, um, if we continue to shy away from that and not want to talk about that in in public, then that's really going to hurt us. We need to normalize generosity and its role in our school, making it a natural part of the conversation. So if people are only hearing about money and fundraising and generosity from the mouths of the development people and it's only during certain times of the year then that really compartmentalizes it and that's not doing us any favors it means that we sort of have to start at zero at the start of every drive again or maybe at five but we have to go to 60 and so if we are not building a culture of generosity normalizing the fact that generosity is an important part of our community and not only that is actually biblically based, it's the Lord asks us to be good steward of uh, the resources that he gives us. So if we are not normalizing all of that, then we're going to encounter a lot of friction when it comes time to actually do the ask. So that is just one of, I think, many reasons why a culture of generosity is really, really important for our schools, for any of our institutions, as we are looking to raise more money. The steps that I codified, these four steps um, that I'm going to be sharing with you over the next four episodes are um, really come from my work with, uh, in and with Christian schools across the U.S. And it also is informed by some research that I've done and continue to do research. And I will drop some of those resources in the show notes so that you're welcome to go back and look at where I'm getting my research from. Feel free to do that. So before we go into the four steps, let's take a moment and define the culture of generosity because that's something I hear a lot from leaders at conferences and just talking with folks, like, that's great, a culture of generosity is great, but what exactly does that look like and what does it mean? Uh, When I look at Webster, you know, the dictionary, and I say, and I look at culture and I look at generosity and I put them together, this is what makes sense to me as a culture of generosity would be one, an organization that actively demonstrates that its shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices are marked by abundance and characterized by a noble spirit. So that's a lot of words there, but generally speaking, it means that, you know, those shared attitudes, values, goals, practices are marked by abundance and there is a characterization of a noble spirit. So there's that, um, that heart-led aspect to it. So that's how I would define a culture generosity. I haven't quite figured out like a shorter, pithier version, but that's really what I think it is. Well, every school is on the continuum somewhere between transformative and transactional. Um, it means that you know, wherever you are in terms of your um, your shared attitudes, your practices, your values, they're gonna be somewhere you know on that continuum of transactional to transformational. And a culture of generosity, a healthy one, is closer to the side of transformational rather than transactional. Um, and so what exactly does that look like, the hallmarks of a culture of generosity? My experience in schools has been that there's sort of a couple things that you can look for. One is that uh, your school is overflowing with people who give generously financially. That's an obvious one, right? Um, it But it doesn't mean that only the people with a lot of means are giving, the high-capacity folks, though that's obviously helpful, but it really means that everybody is giving your, your Participation is higher. Um, people are giving whatever sacrificial level is comfortable for them, but it means that everybody is giving from their heart and being a part of the mission. So there's one that there's a sort of giving generos- generously financially. Also, it's full of people who volunteer generously. So they are um, coming uh, out of the woodworks really to help you. So you're not always having to beg for people to come and do you know, do things, or you have 10 super volunteers who come and do everything. But a, a healthy, Culture of generosity is one where you have lots of people who want to get involved and there are ways to involve them in meaningful, um, in meaningful ways. So that's a, another hallmark of a healthy culture of gener- generosity. It's where you have people who um, volunteer their time, um, whether it's a little bit or a lot, but you have a really wide variety of people and they have meaningful things to do. Another hallmark that I see is that the people who are in the community are talking about generosity openly. They're talking about money and the resources that it takes to make the school work. There's a sort of an understanding of the nuts and bolts of how a school is run. So they're not shying away from the fact that the annual fund matters. That they're not embarrassed to talk about the fact that they give or that it's they feel it's important that others give with them. That is a normalized part of the conversation. And when they're talking about giving from the annual fund or to the annual fund, or, or to a capital campaign. They are talking about it in terms of giving to the mission. They're talking about giving to them, the students, making things possible for the students. They're talking about the vision. They're talking about purpose. They're using the words like purpose and together. Those kinds of markers show that there is a, a holistic sense of generosity um, from the heart, from the people. And the last thing that I would see in a healthy culture of generosity is that the development offices, regardless of how big they are, there's a really solid desire to have one-on-one relationships with people. So even the mass communication out of the office has a sense of relationship building. It's personal. It's not um, just pushing out things based on urgency and competition, but there's a meaning behind what they're saying. They're saying, join us in the mission. There's a personal um, touch there. There's an authenticity. And in addition to that, they the people in the development office are spending time working with donors one-on-one. So whether they're working with a portfolio of 10 people or uh, 150 people, they are really trying hard to get out among the donors and build relationships with them. That's another hallmark of, the, of a healthy culture of generosity. So think about where your school is on those four marks um, and where your school might therefore fall on that continuum of transactional uh, to transformational. Um, so those four things, you know, giving generously financially, giving generously of time with volunteers, uh, openly talking about and having a shared language about giving to the vision and mission and purpose. And then the last piece is there's a dedication to building relationships, both one-on-one and at scale. Okay, wherever you may be on any of that right now, I think it's probably safe to say that if you are in that same spot, a year from now, you would say that's not a good thing. You would say that that's really actually means your results are probably not as good as they could be because you haven't really nurtured that culture of generosity. So let's talk about the four things that uh, I think it takes to build, to nurture a culture of generosity. There's four steps to these things. And frankly, they're not really rocket science. Um, they're actually based upon, you You know, you would turn a, a, an athletic team around or a business around. We want to change culture, we want to influence behavior, and in order to change behavior, that means we have to really have a culture that celebrates the kind of behavior that we wanna see. It it values it, it celebrates that. So if we wanna change hearts, uh, move that culture, then we wanna create a system that defines and celebrates the behavior that we wanna see. There's a book called Culture by Design by David Freeman, and he said, if you're not purposefully and intentionally creating the culture you want to have, it's going to be created anyway, mostly influenced by those with the strongest personalities. So right there, it's so true. How many of us have seen that happen? If you're not intentionally building a culture that you want, it's going to be happening anyway. So why don't we lean in and influence it and make it what we want it to be? Let's shape the culture for what we want. So those four steps to doing that in your school are one, align to your North Star. Second, clarify and codify. Third, look to layer. And fourth, prioritize proportionately. So again, those four items, we're only going to talk about the first one today, but the four things are one, align to your North Star. Second, clarify and codify. Third, look to layer. And fourth, prioritize proportionately. So we're going to go through all those in a mini series over the next couple of weeks. But first, let's talk about aligning to your North Star. What is a North Star? What am I even talking about? I call it a North Star. But what is, is a cultural core concept. It is that idea that you are creating culture, whether it's intentional or not, you're creating culture. So let's be intentional by creating that core concept to build the culture around I don't know if you've ever heard about The Commander's Intent, um, the concept of that. I, it's in the military. I am not in the military. don't have any family there. But I read about the concept in Made to Stick, which is a book uh, written by Chip Heath and Dan Heath, which is a fantastic book if you ever, I re- highly recommend it. But the kind of idea where they're talking about their on commander's intent, this is what they said. Commander's intent is a crisp, plain talk statement that appears at the top of every order, specifying the plan's goal, the desired end state of an operation. Commander's intent manages to align the behavior of soldiers at all levels without requiring play-by-play instructions from their leaders. When people know the desired destination, they're free to improvise as needed in arriving there. And in the book, they describe it as that you have to have a commander's intent because you can't have a play-by-play, certainly when you're at war. You'll get into a situation, things will change, and if, you, if your soldiers are um, waiting for orders at every step, it's not going to work. So they have a commander's intent. So in the same vein, I believe that the North Star kind of is our commander's intent for what we're trying to do, our development operations. But I think it's also true overall in our school. Um, our entire school strategic plan could include an idea of building a culture of generosity. You know, in fact, I actually know of a school here in my area. I'm in the Atlanta area, and there's a school in in my area that actually has that as part of their five, I think it's five things in a strategic plan. One of them is very deliberately that they're building a culture of generosity. So that is um, something I would highly recommend. It means it's a core value that they want to do. So, but unless you are ahead of school listening to this podcast and you can, or a board chair something, and so you can therefore affect strategic plan, then what are the ways that we can as leaders in the development offices be able to uh, affect change and um, change culture? Let's, Lead where we are. So, one of the ways is to create this North Star. And then we're going to head to that with stickiness and discipline. This is what I suggest for your North Star. This is really what I feel passionate about. I think it's something that our schools could lean into. And I think it would affect change overall. I think it would be really powerful. Um, you can come up with your own version, but this is what I'm suggesting. And that is we will not sacrifice tomorrow's culture for today's transaction. That's the North Star statement that I teach and, and I really hold to. I'll say it again. We will not sacrifice tomorrow's culture for today's transaction. And I think that if you were to use that as your North Star, which uh, would help to guide your choices, that's your core value that you're trying to use to guide the, the choices that you make in development. Think about what how different perhaps your choices might look. Um, so if you are um, going to come up with your own version of, of a North Star that you think would be an important way of framing your development office's way of thinking, your North Star, this is really what I would like to um, suggest that whatever you come up with that it must be simple, it should be repeatable, and it should be actionable. So those are all things that it, it should be. And lastly, it should come from from within. It needs to come from your from your gut, from your core, because it needs to be a solid held belief that you um, can use as your guardrails. It can use as your um, your blinders, so to speak, about making your decisions. So whatever your north star is, we want it to be simple, repeatable, actionable and it needs to come from your gut. It must be authentic. So one of the things that I would encourage you as you're thinking about this level of authenticity and what you want to lead into with your North Star, with your culture, with your development office, as you as a leader, I would encourage you to be thinking about your own journey of generosity. Um, if we are going to be truly authentic and, and reaching others to give generously to our mission, um, then uh, beyond the fact that we should also be supporting the mission of our organization. But before before we just sort of check that box, let's think about that authentically. Where are we coming from? So the statement, that the North Star statement that I have talked about, which is we will not sacrifice tomorrow's culture for today's transaction, that came out of what I was seeing in schools, but it's also really authentic to me. My own journey of generosity and my own journey of financial generosity besides time really got started pretty late. My mom and dad were really incredibly generous of time and money. And I don't really know how it was that they did everything that they did on the salaries that they had, but we really didn't talk a lot about it. It just happened. It really wasn't an intentional conversation at our house. And so my own journey of wrestling with Being a good steward of the things that the Lord has given me, that journey started pretty late, just really honestly in about the last 10 years. Um, That's where I am in my place of the journey. And so I just encourage you to be thinking about where you stand in uh, your place in the journey. This first step is we are aligning to the North Star. And so that first part is create your North Star. Is it simple, repeatable, actionable, and authentic? this core concept, that's your North Star. And if you don't want to create your own, of course, I would be really delighted for you to use the one that I've been using and and that I really love for people to use because I feel pretty passionate that it's something that we need in our culture today, which is um, we will not sacrifice tomorrow's culture for today's transaction. I think it's applicable in a lot of places, but certainly in fundraising where we can get really transactional really quick. If we have that as our North Star, it helps us to um, stay within those sort of guardrails. But the the point is, the first step is align to your North Star. So be thinking about ways that you can begin to make different choices and be able to craft the things that you say and the plans that you make based on that North Star. It's a core concept that your team can work around, that you can build things around. That's the idea, that it is a framework that's going to shape our choices. That's our homework for this week, which is if you create your own North Star, go ahead and put that in writing. I want you to figure out what that North Star statement is going to be and then put it down in writing, make a little sign and put it on your wall. If you don't want to create your own and you want to use the one that I am giving you, then um, you can go to the show notes and there'll be a downloadable there that you can um, pull and pull off and print and put it on your wall um, so that you can refer to it when you need to make the decision um, about a tactic or um, some other aspect about your development work today. In your um, day-to-day life, you could use it to help frame what you're wanting to do. What are you currently doing in your development program that you're going to change, that you'd add, things that you'd remove, all of those things that you would think about from the lens of aligning to your North Star. That is your homework. Next week, we'll go over step two, which is clarify and codify. And that's going to be very helpful to talk to about, talk with you about how to align to your North Star. So some nuts and bolts aspects of that. Um, because if we can't describe the desired behavior, if we can't actually name the behavior, describe the behavior, then we're not going to see any change. That behavior is not going to happen. We know that happens with our kids all the time. That is really what we'd like to do with Step two, which is clarify and codify, which we'll go over next time. If you found anything helpful in this episode, please subscribe, rate, review. I would be really so grateful. Leave a comment if you're on the YouTube. And let's talk about your school's North Star. How are you going to begin to align to a North Star at your school to develop uh, and transform your development operations, transform your school's culture to one of a more healthy culture of generosity? Thanks so much for hanging out with me, and I will see you next time.